Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Want to go pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 294 of the Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Wish all the listeners out there a happy Easter. Hope everybody's uh, enjoying the holiday. And uh, thank you for tuning in. How you guys doing? Um, Yeah, kind of Saturday afternoon here. Gonna Figured I'd do a quick little show for you cats. Um, I don't know. What are we going to talk about? Ah, we'll talk about some odds and ends. And uh, I haven't done one for a while. I'm going to do a player spotlight. Um, had a lot of fun with this one. Jay Rosehill uh, decided to. Um, and I and I've actually found as I'm doing these player spotlights, not you know, obviously always looking to create content and everything else. So, um, you know, besides that, um. I, I enjoy actually kind of going down the rabbit hole and uh, and checking the guys out because um, that's the thing. Like all the all the player spotlights that I've done, it's one of those things. I always say this: it's I've seen so many fights. I mean, I have so many DVDs, and over the years, everything sort of blends together after a while. And um, you know, there are certain fights for certain reasons that stick out in your mind, but. I find, especially with the newer guys like Rose Hill, those kind of that, I don't know, about that 05 to, well, to now, really, that era there, um, no, not to 05, 2010 and to current, I I have a lot of blank spots. I don't, um, like, I, you know, I was on social media, you get scroll, I mean, obviously I've seen Rose Hill fight before. Like, as if I was on social media, oh, you should have seen McGratton's fight tonight, and somebody posted or whatever. So I, I'd look, I'd watch it. So I've seen McGratton stuff, I'm McLaren and Orr and Rose Hill, etc. Um, but you kind of watch it, and then, oh yeah, and then you just kind of keep scrolling, right? Or, keep, you know, whatever. And I never really, I don't know, paid, well, I don't want to say paid much, but focused, really. Like, you'd watch it, and it's like, oh, that was pretty good, and then you'd kind of move on. Um, I think you can get a really good, you really, you get a really good sense of somebody, of, of a fighter when like, 
Well, see, back in the day, he would put on a fight tape, like his fight player tape or his player DVD, and he'd watch everything if it was done correctly in chronological order. And you could kind of see as he goes on as a rookie. And Well, hopefully you had junior stuff too. I mean, the older guys you didn't. I mean, you maybe had a, a junior fight or two, maybe a couple minor league, like Probert. You had like three or four junior fights, a couple of his American Hockey League fights, and then it's right in with the red with the NHL stuff. Um so most guys, the only guy that I can actually really think, I mean, other than current guys where all their stuff is out there, but before like the internet and all that, the only guy that I can really think of, um, where as a fight collector, you saw all his junior, like 95% of his junior, all of his American hockey league, and then all of his NHL is Scott Parker. Um, because there was a fight guy in Kelowna that would tape it and stuff. And, uh, you know, but other than that, I'm, I'm, you know, maybe there's someone I'm missing, but it was relatively small. The number of guys where you could watch their whole career. Um, so, um, where was I going with this? Oh, but, but when I do like the player spotlight, I'll just kind of do the NHL one. Like today with Rose Hill, I mean, yeah, he played the American, actually the American, he had a 33 fight year in the American league. Um, but basically, when I do the player spotlights. I just sort of focus on the NHL fights just for the fact that they're on YouTube. So you can, you know, either follow along as I'm talking or you can go and if I'm, if I'm talking about a fight and, oh, you got to watch this one. It's a real good one. It's not like, but I have it on my DVD right here. It's too bad you couldn't see it. Like, no, I mean, I'll do, I'll do the fights that are on YouTube or, uh, uh, you know, so you can, you can see what I'm talking about. So that's why I kind of, I tend to stick to the NHL fights. But, uh, in saying that, and it, like I said, with Rose Hill, um, yeah, I went down the rabbit hole. So basically I watched all of his NHL fights right in a row. Um, it was about 40, what did I write it down? Uh, 41 in total. Um, so yeah, I basically just, I watched them all and, uh, yeah. So you get a real sense of his, uh, how he fights and his tendencies and stuff. And it was a lot of fun. I'll tell you, it was, uh, I, I'm a, I, I always liked Rose Hill anyway, but after watching that, I liked his fighting style. Um, I always got a soft spot for the junior A guys anyway. Of course he played in the Alberta junior league with the old Grizzlies. And, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I was digging it. So yeah, we'll do the, uh, the, I'll get into that after this, but yeah, so we'll do a little, uh, we'll go down the Jay Rosehill, uh, rabbit hole. Um, but I guess at the start of the show, obviously we'll, you know, we'll talk about, uh, yeah, as I always do, a member of the hockey podcast network, there's over 50 shows in the network. So, um, you know, whatever team you're all the NHL team have shows. So whatever NHL team you're a fan of. There's a show for you. Uh, uh, Terry Ryan is also on the network. Terry is busy, uh, of course. Shorzy, the second season of Shorzy is starting up, so or being filmed. So uh, he is busy doing that. And um, yeah, videos has interesting guests. Then of course, my off network friends, you got Jolt and Joel Lazito over there at the Nordique's Knuckles podcast, as well as Coliseum Chronicles podcast. Joel's got a podcast for everything in his in his life, and um, you know, but. Uh, uh, I, I know Joe, his, his recent one was, um, of course he was, uh, down in Orlando and, uh, he had, he kind of did a talk with the Orlando solar bears. Uh, Matt Cartner, um, invited him down and Joe's kind of getting into the, um, I, I, what do you call it? Kind of, uh, like motivational speaking, that type of thing, sharing his story anyway. And, uh, and what a story it is, uh, just Google Joe Lazito. 
I'll, I'll start if you don't know I'll start there and uh but yeah so that was really cool he talked about that and uh I know he's got some interviews uh lined up in the in the uh you know irons in the fire so to speak so definitely check out that and uh you know oh uh, yeah and he's you know like I said he's back now uh, you know he t- took a long walk unfortunately he found his way home yeah old Alec there five for fighting podcast Back in black, yeah, here we go, the Brett Favre podcasting, I'm, I'm done, I'm going to retire, oh, now I'm, I got a new microphone, I'm back now, yeah, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what he brings. I know he's making some noise, though, with his tournament, um, he did the, the it was a, called the Clash of the Coast, and it was the 30, 32 fighters from this year, from the East Coast League, and over on the, voting on the Instagram, or is the Gram, as the kids call it. I gotta get on Insta. That's the one. I'm not on Instagram. I don't know. I'm. I've, I've said it before. Like Twitter is dying. I, is anybody else's? Oh, well, I'm asking no one. But is anyone else's Twitter feed like kind of goofy? Like my Twitter feed kind of like you'll be looking at something and all of a sudden it, like disappears and it's like it's almost like the page gets refreshed and shit. I'm like I don't know. And Twitter just it's just dead. There's nothing going on. I mean. I mean, I guess if I was a fan of the current NHL, I guess I would think Twitter's cool. But um, I, even with, you know, I, I had the niche kind of the thing going with the older hockey and, you, you know, whatever. And there was always some interaction. Oh, shit, you post stuff now. There's nothing. A couple replies and eh, it's just like, I don't know. You know, we're fucking deader than Elvis on that thing, so. I don't know. Maybe I'll jump on Instagram, and I know I know Alec has quite the following on Instagram, and and has a lot of um, uh, interactions. So I don't know, and I'm yeah, I might check it out. But uh, regardless, uh, he has put the tournament up on Instagram, and uh, yeah, it's actually uh, it's received a lot of uh, a lot of votes and a lot of um, it's created a lot of conversation. Shit, he has actual East Coast League teams like putting it up on their Jumbotron, like, oh, remember to vote for Timmy on our team or whatever. And it's like, uh, so some of the, some of the team's um, social media team, the team's social media departments have really caught on with it. And um, yeah, I mean, much to the chagrin, I think of some players there, you know, but um, I always laugh at the, some of the players that take it seriously. And there are a few, let me tell you. I know some, I'm not going to throw names out, but even with my minor league tournament and stuff like that, oh, I know there's some players that get buttered over it. Um, you know, and I, I I mean at the end of the day, it's let's be honest, it's a giant popularity contest. That's all it is. And um but ego does get in the way sometimes and uh so yeah, it's pretty funny the response to it at times, but uh but yeah, so Alec is uh, his his uh, Clash of the Coast tournament is cruising along. I think he's actually in the semifinals right now. So yeah, it was a thirty-two man thing. I was actually more surprised that he found thirty-two guys that actually fight in the league. That's kind of surprised me more than anything. Um, but yeah, so uh, five for fighting podcast. Uh, I'm not sure when his next episode is going to be um, or what he has lined up, but. Uh, he does have a, I hate to always admit it, but he does have a tremendous back catalog. And, uh, like I said, in all seriousness though, I, I'm glad he's back. And, um, and anytime you can get more voices in the, uh, in the genre, so to speak, uh, it's a good thing. So five for fighting podcast, but, uh, oh, 
Well, speaking of Five for Fighting podcast, um, on Monday coming up here, uh, well, tomorrow as you're listening to this, um, I am on the road again. Look at me, Mr. Vacation. I don't have a job. I have a position. Um, we are heading out to Edmonton for, because uh, of course, you know, uh, my wife being a school teacher has the week off. So, uh, all them teachers and their time off, right? Yeah. But uh, we we took the opportunity to uh, take a couple days off and drive up to Edmonton and, Oh, I don't know, hang out, go see go see some old friends and uh you know, play in the casino a little bounce around with some casinos and uh oh I'm sure we'll hit the mall, the mall will be a gong show. The, of course the wife, oh I know. Akia's in my future, boys and girls. Yeah, uh yeah. I've come uh I've come to accept my IKEA fate. because uh, we don't have one in Saskatoon. So my wife loves IKEA and it's like, alright. Um, and we usually do it like the day we're leaving, um, uh, cause we check out at 11. It's like a five, five hour drive from Edmonton to Saskatoon. So, you know, we check out at 11. We'll, then we'll go to IKEA, kind of go there for like an hour, hour and a half, uh, just in case we have first, cause that's the thing. I mean, we don't want to go to IKEA like the first day and then I think she wants to buy a table or something. And just like have it in the SUV and then just leave it in the hotel parking lot, right? So um, that's why we kind of go at the, you know, when we're leaving town. So, um, yeah, I'm sure everyone really gives a shit about my vacation, my Edmonton itinerary. Um, but yeah, IKEA. But uh, I also, I want to hit the uh, the antique mall in Strathcona. It's down in uh, the Strathcona Antique Mall. There is a tape, and there's like a number of, they have a whole, it's like a two two floors, and it's just old school antiques. Now, there's probably, I mean, some people will call it junk, but there's some cool booths set up, and the one guy's got a booth over in the corner, and he's got like a ton of like Edmonton Euler programs. He has like WHA shit, and like, uh, I've gone through them a few times. Uh, I haven't been there for a few years. But actually, just going through this guy's hockey programs, you wouldn't believe. I found a real grand killer B Central Hockey League, like the inaugural program from the first game. And I just laughed because there's a fight picture. Schmier's fighting someone on the front cover of it. And I found it for like two bucks in this guy's box at this Strathcona Antique Mall. And I'm finding real grand game programs. So that was good. So of course I bought it. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try to buy it because I'm just going through these old oiler programs. And stuff. I'm just looking for shit with like Semenko or McSorley on the front cover, right? Cause everything's sealed. So it's not like you can go read them, but, um, yeah, the guy wants like two or three bucks for him. It's like, yeah, what the hell? Uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, we'll all kind of go through for 10 or 15 minutes until, you know, the wife will start roll, <sighs> kind of get that one to roll her eyes, but I have to kind of also remind her that, Hey, I, I got a key in my future for about an hour so you know, zip at their peanuts, but, uh, uh, I will, uh, no, she's cool about it, but, uh, I'll go through the different booths. They got old, oh, they got like the old toys and all that stuff. Oh yeah. I'm like, it's just a giant fucking 10 year old running through there. So hopefully I could find some, maybe some old hockey cards and some old programs and, you know, we'll see, we'll see what the Strathcona antique mall has, but uh, I'll be going around there. I mean, I, I'm just excited to get to have, you know, just, ah, hell a road trip out to Edmonton and, um, just something to do, right? You're just, you're not at work. You know, I have, I have like almost 300 hours of vacation time. It's like, so I'm going to, uh, use it and head to uh, Edmonton for a few days anyway. But, um, yeah, that's what's happening. Um, as far as news and notes goes, um, like I said, I don't really have much. Um, 
Ice Wars 3, it is confirmed. It is going to be July 15th in Wyoming. Um, I don't know any of the bouts, obviously. We're still a ways away from July, obviously, but, uh, it is in the, it is in the works and the date has been set. So, uh, yeah, Ice Wars 3. So if you, if you, uh, if are interested in competing, I would, uh, I would say hit the Ice Wars up on social media. Ice is war on Twitter. And I believe it's Ice Wars International on Facebook. I'm sure they have an Instagram page as well. And if uh, and if one is interested, I would say uh, hit them up and uh, and see what's up. Uh, oh, I was gonna say. Um, also, uh, since I'm gonna be at Edmonton uh, over well Wednesday, I will be in Edmonton. Obviously, I'm not gonna take my microphone and stuff with me and do a podcast there. But I have one already in the in the uh, in the can, so to speak. It was probably filmed in the can, or should have stayed in the can. Some would say, um, and it is actually a minor league mayhem kind of a review uh, episode. And um, you know, I'm, I'm just beating that dead horse, right? Content. That's why I made the tournament so I could do a preview show, and I'm going to do a damn review show. I got Alec back on to do a review. Uh, Jay was busy. We started the day. What a, I'll tell you, folks. Friday. I worked in the morning, because of course, Good Friday, right? It's that day. Worked, worked in the morning, got here in the afternoon. I sat in front of this damn computer and talked to a bunch of yahoos for about five hours, if you could believe it. I had Jay and Alec on the, on the show to begin with. Well, we weren't recording, we were just talking. Um, Jay, Jay had some uh, really spicy Thai food, and I don't think it was sitting with him very well. Uh, but he was also waiting to get word on the car that he was getting repaired. He was getting nervous about getting the bill. And then they phoned, so he had to go. And then off he went to the mechanics. So it was Alec and I. And then Searson from the UK was talking to Alec on text or whatever at that moment. And Alec's like, oh, I'm talking to Searson on my on text. I'm like, well, tell him to get on the show here. So Searson jumped on the on the call on, on Skype there and... Uh, and I believe it was, I think it was midnight in in uh, Nottingham. So, uh, and he was, you know, having beers and was feeling no pain. And uh, so the the three of us decided to, right then to, uh, I guess we'll review the Mayhem show. So that's what you got. That's what you're going to get on Wednesday. Myself, Alec, and Searson um, reviewing the the happenings of Minor League Mayhem Six and and just general bullshit and. Um, and Alec brought up a text afterwards when we were done later that night. He sent me a text, and uh, and I and I completely echo his sentiments. It was uh, like he said that those group chats and those types of shows that we just did right there are the reason he loves to podcast and why he missed it and stuff like that. And I completely agree um, that those shows are actually what keeps me podcasting because um, I believe me, I am tired of chasing players and dealing with that nonsense. And everything else, and uh, it's one thing I like. I always say I could podcast forever if it was just me coming down here, hitting, plugging in the microphone, and talking. I can do this all the time. Um, how successful it is and that type of thing is uh, uh, is a is a different matter. But uh, but no, I, I enjoy those. And, and don't get me wrong, I enjoy talking to the players and doing interviews. When everything goes right and and they're they're excited for it and they're and they they kind of take the time to give good answers and you know and want to do it and most of the guys have I haven't had too many guests where it's like 
you know, you're, they're just dying to basically get off the phone. Uh, been a few. Um, and I, and there's some chemistry there that, I mean, there's some guys that I, for whatever, I don't know why I can't explain it, but, um, we just sort of have a chemistry. We flow and, um, and, and the interview works and, and other times it's kind of clunky and, uh, but whatever, um, you know, and 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 some guys, some guys are are, are natural storytellers and are made for it, and other guys, it's kind of yes, no, and it's like playing twenty questions and whatever. I mean, I I respect and thank all the guys that come and do the show. They certainly don't have to. I understand that it's free. I'm taking time out of their life to do it. Um, you know, they don't owe it to me or anything. Um, so I'm not saying it in a mean way or anything, but just some people aren't storytellers. But um, uh, where oh geez, where am I? My mind is like, I'm kind of looking out the window. I'm like, I'm just sort of trailing off. Um, so, but, but you know what I'm saying? It's just, um, maybe as a host, I guess I can tell. Sometimes you get right in the pocket and it's a good one and, and there's good banter and you could kind of, kind of, as the kids would say, riff off his answer. And maybe you didn't have that question planned, but it's just sort of that's where the conversation went and it flows and, and it just, you could feel it. And it doesn't happen very often, but, um, but yeah, and then, uh, but yeah, when it's stuff like that, it, they're fun, right? Cause like at the end of the day, as I've always said, I'm a fan. That's why I'm doing this. And it's like, I want to hear the stories and everything else. I mean, that was the point of the whole podcast. That's why I started this show. So, um, so that part is good, but it's just the, it's the setting up and trying to get people's schedules to line up and, yeah, it's, it's just all that stuff. And I'm going to tell you, like, well, I mean, I've said it a thousand times and whatever, but there's just some real inconsiderate motherfuckers out there. There really is. And it's just like, you know, and I don't know if it's if, with the players. I don't know if it's this, they still have that mentality of, oh, I'm the, I'm the big player and you're the fan. And, um, I mean, some guys are like that. Some guys with their egos and whatever. And it's like, dude, no one's asked you. You haven't played for 15 years. No one's asked you to be in a pot, like dial down the, you're not a superstar, right? Like, and, it, but hey, I, I got, I'm interested in hearing your story and everything else, but if you think I'm chasing you around or begging you to come on, it's like, yeah, you got another thing coming, you're dreaming, you know, and if you don't want to reply to my shit, um, like when I ask you for a time, give me a day or a time that works for you and you don't reply, well, I'm not following up with it. I don't care because clearly you don't care. So and that's what I mean. And it's just, it's just, it's unbelievable to me how, like you could send these guys messages or whatever, and you just get left on red. It's just like do you not have any. Like I get like like don't tell me your inbox is just flooded and I sorry it got lost in the tidal wave of fan mail. Like no, like just have some fucking common courtesy and like reply. I'm saying this because once again I have like four requests out. I've I've seen that they've read them, and it's like oh I'll get back to you, bro, and then you never hear from them. Like well just say no then. Like, again, this is my frustration. And it's just like, and it's the same with Joe. It's the same with Alec. And it's the same shit. And it's on. And then I get from, from listeners. Like, why don't you do interviews anymore? Well, I'm trying. I'm trying. You know, uh, it's just like, but I'm, I, I can tell you, I'm, I, I'm not trying that. Well, I, I put it this way. I'm not trying that hard anymore because I just don't really want to do them. Not really. Unless it basically falls in my lap. Yeah, I don't, I'll interview, I'd rather interview just fan, like fellow fight fans and shit. I'd rather just do that. 
And it's like, well, if your show's not, you know, and oh, you're sort of plateaued. I don't give a fuck. Whatever. I'd rather just do that and have fun talking to fellow fans and have some laughs. And it's just like, it's kind of like sitting at the bar drinking some beers or on a guy's back deck. And you just, oh, remember that time? And oh, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, and then you have a couple and go home. That's a good time. Well, that's what I want this show to be. Sitting on the deck drinking beers. That's it. It's not that hard. And it's just fans bullshitting. So for those that have asked, I know you've asked me a bunch of times and, um, you know, uh, that, that's your, there, there's your response. Um, it's, it, it, it's not that I, I, you know, it's just, it's not, how do I put it? I don't know. I can't put it any, it's just not fun anymore. Not really. I mean, when I first started, that was the whole goal. I'm going to interview this guy and all this and all that. And it's just like, as the, as the last couple of years have gone on, it's like, yeah, I don't really give a fuck. I really don't. And, uh, you know, whatever. Again, I'm not, am I saying right now that I'm never going to do another interview again? No, of course I'm not saying that. I mean, I ha- I've talked to some players. I have some shit lined up, maybe. Um, you know, and if they want to come on, great. I've, I'll do the research. We'll look it up. We'll have some, we'll, we'll, we'll get them on. But like I said, if they're not, uh, oh yeah, I'll let you know. Okay. Well, let me know then. I have about, I have about 14 guys that are in the, I'll let you know stage. Uh, you know, some of them going back months. Well, I guess they're not going to let me know or they let me know without using their words. Yeah. Fuck off. So there you go. So for those I had, and you're like, Oh, Darren, you bring this up all the time. I know. I know. I'm just saying, in the last couple of days, I've had that question brought up to me. Am I doing any more interviews anymore? And there's your answer. So, um, but yeah, to go back to what Alec was saying, like I said, we, uh, we had a lot of fun yesterday. I mean, and, uh, yeah, I just had a lot of fun talking to those guys and just fight, just fight nerd talk. And, uh, yeah, we, and like I said, we broke down the tournament and we thought who we thought should have, who would have won the fight and, and just shit like that. And, um, and again, I'll, and I'll say this, and I kind of mentioned it briefly there with Alec with his tournament. Um, for it, and I know I have a bunch of ex players that listen to this show. Um, some that were in the tournament, some that were not in the tournament. For those that weren't in the tournament, once again, it was not a personal thing. It was not a shot to against you. Um, not a disrespect thing. It was oh, because I didn't think you were tough enough to be in it. It was no. I never said it was the sixty-four toughest guys. I just said it was 64 tough guys. Some of the toughest in minor league history. They're, you know, so, and I always say a revolving door of about 30, 35. I always like to switch it up as each year goes by. And uh, and when I write out the list, it's not like, oh, he's not in it. Fuck him. And I'm not putting him in. And uh, No, I'm not. I'm just writing out 64 names. And if someone throws out a new name and it's like, oh, yeah, he's never been in it. Or he hasn't been in it for a few years. Then I throw him in. Again, there's no ulterior motive to this. There's no, I don't, doesn't bother, whatever. You know, it's just, again, to create conversations. So, um, yeah, so to any of the players out there listening, I didn't slight you on purpose, or I don't think you're tough. That's why you're not in it. Um, again, the re- I, well, and I mentioned this, well, in the recording with those guys yesterday, but um, this is the first time in all the tournaments I've done, and Alec has had the same thing happen to him with the Coast one. Um like I said, there's always the where so and so dork. I mean, you always get those guys. But this was the first year that I've actually had players complain that they weren't in it. Um, and 
Alec has had the same thing, and it's kind of odd to me. Um, so, yeah, I I didn't do it on purpose. We'll put it that way. So, uh, sorry, guys. I'll, I'll try to get you next year if I remember, and um, we'll see what happens. I always laugh go because when I've I've done it on Facebook a couple times, I've announced I I posted that I'm doing the tournament. Oh, and 64 of the power forwards or 64, like with the NHL one, 64 of the Probert ones and, and all that. Uh, does anybody have any suggestions? And then I'll go through, cruise through the comments, uh, when I'm writing out the 64 guys and it's like, okay, well, that's who they threw out there. That's who I'll put in. Now, some I'll, you know, I mean, I don't know. For, oh, I know in the Probert one, everyone's, somebody's thrown out like, you know, Cam Neely or bought, you know, and, or again, law, you know, well, those guys are tough guys and yeah, they'd be in the power forward tournament, but as far as a 64 enforcer tournament, am I putting Cam Neely in there? Well, no, no, I'm not saying Cam Neely couldn't because he fought some of the guys that are in the tournament and again, blah, blah, blah. Right. But it's kind of like, I don't know, to me, I just kind of feel weird putting Neely in an enforcer tournament when there's a power forward tournament that he can be in. So, because he can go in the power forward tournament, you know, whatever, uh, Lyndon Byers can't go in the power forward tournament. So that's his enforcer tournament. So you know what I'm saying? I know I'm, I kind of, that was sort of a, uh, clunky example, but, um, regardless, everyone's thought, but if, if people, so next year when I'm like, Oh, minor league mayhem seven is coming. Who do you want to see in it? Um, make sure to throw the name in the comment and, uh, we'll get you in. So again, it's not, uh, it's not anything personal. So, yeah, I actually felt bad about that. Like, I was like, well, I don't mean to, like, sh- like, I hope you don't take it personal. Like, I'm doing it on purpose. But, um, yeah. Anyway. I'm sure you just tuned in to listen to that, didn't you? Yeah. I, re- I really don't have, uh, I-, I didn't really have any, because I know normally I like to, on Sundays, oh, my week on the internet really wasn't on the internet this week. Not really. I mean, most of it was like the minor league tournament, right? And with Engelstad winning and stuff like that, that's kind of, and then I just posted some pictures. I really haven't been in any of the groups. I really haven't like argued with anyone like, or read a bunch of shit. Well, there's always shit. Um, there is shit happening outside of, outside of sports. That's making my eyes roll. Um, that, uh, but I'm not going to talk about it on here because who gives a shit? Um, you know, uh, other than that, I, I've sort of just, um, well, my wife won $3,200 on an online slot machine. Uh, that, that was pretty cool. That was the, you know, um, you know, the first time she's uh, played online slots before, you know, it was funny. Uh, I was talking about the, did I already talk about this? But yeah, she had put sports bets in for the first time on March Madness. That's like the only event she watches all year is March Madness. Uh, anyway, at the time when the account was finally over, she had like $70 or whatever left in her account. And she's like, well, I'm not going to bet on sports anymore until like next March. So she goes, oh, they have a slot. They have slot machines on, on this site. So I'm going to play those, you know, whatever. So like the first night, yeah, she was up a couple hundred. The next night she was at 500. And I'm like, oh, you should cash out. She goes, yeah, I will. I'm just kind of farting around and I'll cash out later. 
Um, next day, you know, I'm, I'm down here and she sends me like a screenshot. It's like, oh, she had a grand prize of like $2,500. And then he goes, wow, look at my account balance, $3,200. So yeah, she cashed out three grand. It's sitting there. And you think, I, you think I'm going to see any of that three grand? Uh, you know, I, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, they're funny. It was, we didn't win. Yeah. Funny though, when I when I when I won a couple of my sports bets, all of a sudden it was oh, what are we gonna do with that money? All of a sudden she could speak French. Fuck, <laughs> so, what do you got a mouse in your pocket? What's this wee shit? <laughs> but no, I'm happy she won, and that'll. Oh, I'm just kidding. It'll go in the in the savings, and uh, you know, for the rainy day in case, because you know how it is, folks. Listen, something goofy always, at some point will always happen, right? So it's nice to have a few bucks put away to. For those unexpected uh, expenditures that pop up in life, as we know. Um, anyway, hold on. I'm, right, I'm writing down my cue time here of about uh, 31, 13, give or take. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. From T to Green, the best place to go to get in on all the action happening on the links is DraftKings Sportsbook. This week, new customers will receive an odds boost to add plus 1,000 to any pre-tournament wager up to $10 on any golfer to win. So, for example, if you're a new customer and you see a golfer to win the tournament at plus 1,000 odds, DraftKings will boost that golfer to plus 2,000 odds for your shot at a bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boosts all tournament long. So be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day before the tournament starts and see what they have in store. That's right, guys. I'm feeling pretty po- pretty positive about my uh, my bet here at the, the start of the tournament. I got Brooks Kopka. 38 to 1 I got him for. So I'm pretty pretty excited right now. We're going into round 3. It's looking good. He's the leader here in the clubhouse. But download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN and boost your odds during this weekend's tournament. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Let, let's get into this Jay Rosehill deal. Um, Jay Rosehill, born July 16th, 1985. 6'3", from Olds, Alberta. Um, was a junior A guy. Would have been interesting to see him play major junior. Would have seen uh, the old, in the in the Western League. It would have been cool to see him. Uh, but he played in the junior A league in the hometown in Olds and uh, played a couple seasons there. Got a scholarship to Minnesota Duluth. Played a season in college hockey. Um, I I think his skill set did not really fit college hockey, and he turned pro. Um. Yeah, and it, and it was interesting. And like I said, when I went, when I went down the thing, um, there's lots of his AHL fights and stuff on video and everything else. Um, for the sake of time and just what, when I do these, um, I just stuck to the NHL fights. Um, I stuck to obviously the fight, I, all of his fights, but I, there was a couple that were missing, but all of them seemed to be on YouTube. So, well, they were obviously on YouTube because I watched them, but, uh, uh, so you could sort of, uh, if you'd like, you could follow along or, you know, or whatever, or check it out while you're listening. Um, you know, I'm not going to, you know, a blow by blow description of each, of each bout. Cause you know, that, that's really exciting in audio form. Um, sort of like old time radio, let, let, we'll, we'll go back. Like we're in the forties the and fifties here. And, uh, you're, you know, you're, everyone's sitting around cross-legged around the, around the radio, listening to Foster Hewitt and Hockey Night in Canada as he describes it. No, I'm not comparing myself to Foster Hewitt. Um, but let's just pretend this is like radio, right? Enforcer radio. That's what it is. Um, but 
2009-2010, in the preseason, he had five tilts with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Byron Bitts was his first one. Um, uh, basically, he, he a shot along the boards, a bunch of lefts, and uh, and a bunch of grappling. Um, the one thing I I will say, and I and I I learned to really appreciate it. Like I said, when you go down the rabbit hole and you watch all of a guys all of his fights right in a row, you start seeing his tendencies and how he fights and what he does and his style. Man, Rose Hill could switch hands pretty effortlessly, and uh, and he was a wide open guy. He'd take one, he'd take a couple to throw one, and uh, he had these big wild. He could go machine gun, but then other times he'd throw like the wild kind of looping bunches. Um, I just really, I, I just really dug his style, man. Like, um, like I said, I encourage you if you're kind of like, well, I didn't really stop watching. Like, if you're like me and you stopped watching hockey, you didn't pay much attention. Um, go down the Rose Hill rabbit hole. Trust me, you'll dig it. No, like, am I all, like, was he the conqueror of man and was killing everybody? No. But, I mean, big, 6'3", big guy, um, would throw, there's, you know, there's the classic, you know, everyone's throwing the wild swinging punches and coming up six inches short and, you know, they're probably each catching a cold from the wind, you know, but, uh, there's other times, though, um, they land flush and, uh, he, he'll, like I said, he'll take one to give one, and uh, I dig it, man. And um, he, you could tell he had a temper. He could be a bit of a dick when he got wound up. Uh, from some of the clips, he clearly would run around and hit, and uh, which I will get into here shortly. With, uh, you know, and uh, of course the people, he finished his career. He played two years out in, uh, in the UK in the Elite League. And, uh, of course, he got tossed out of that for... Was it throwing a helmet or something? Throwing a stick? I can't really... I, yeah, it's escaping me at the exact moment. He got booted, though. Uh, but he had a real kind of blow up a few times at the refs. and um, But he was a hothead. And uh, he'd get, he got mad a few times. And, uh, yeah, he showed his emotions. And, I, I mean, I dig Rose Hill, man. I, like I said, um, I went... I, I really enjoyed this, uh, th- this trip. And, uh, again, I'm... You know, for the for you guys listening, if you're just kind of oh, yeah, you know whatever, and, oh, he's kind of a clown, you know what? Nah, nah, go check shit out. I mean, I'm not going to do a player spotlight on a goof. We'll put it that way. Um, you know, if I was going down a rabbit hole of a guy and I'm watching his fights and they're, you know, he's the second coming of Neil Sheehy, it's like I'm not going to review him. You know, uh, I do the player spotlight on uh, maybe some guys that people sleep on because uh, it's like I'll do a player spotlight on Baruby. Well. Yeah, you know, okay. I mean, everybody's seen Baruby's or a player spotlight on Probert. Like, do you, does that really need to be done? You know, like, okay. Well, that I'm not going to sit here and review 300 fights either. Um, I just kind of like to review guys that, you know, maybe didn't play a long time. And um, I just think aren't kind of talked about a lot. And uh, and it's sort of to kind of give the listeners maybe the heads up on a guy. Um like I've, I've, I've done on my, well, I haven't gone down the rabbit because he was a junior guy, but I mean, I've, I mean, long time listeners have, have probably heard me talk about the name like Matt Sommerfeld who played in the, he was a West, he's just a junior guy, uh, but he fought Morasti and McIntyre and Mazer and all those guys. Dude was a fucking killer. And a lot of people out, especially American people that never, and this is the Western league in the nineties. So it wasn't like, oh, it's on TV, let's watch it. I mean, if you don't have the footage, you never saw it. I have some of his fights up on my YouTube channel, but other than that, he's a pretty much unknown to American people and people in Ontario and stuff that didn't, outside of the Western Hockey League people. 
Um, so I like to bring those guys' names up because it's like, who? Oh, yeah, check it out. And then I've had a couple people get back to me like, God damn, that Summerfeld a bad motherfucker. It's like, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's why I brought his name up. There's another one, Tanner Lasan. There's another one I brought him up. Um, he was a newer guy. Fortunately with him, uh, he was just a Western League guy as well. He never played pro or anything. Selfishly, I wish he had because it would have been great to see him like in the coast or something. That would have been sweet. But he was a smaller guy, but like toe-to-toe. But he played in the time frame when all of the fights were uploaded onto HockeyFights.com. Like I said, I always hate to give those guys any publicity, but you can go see the, all his fights there, which, again, I encourage you to do because he was awesome. And there was a bunch of guys in the junior leagues, you know, in that, that 2010, 11, 12, 13 that, you know, maybe played junior a year of the minors and then were done that people have never heard of. And it's like, and I'm, I'm not saying that in a derogatory way, but it's just, yeah, I mean, you can't watch everything, right? So um, if you get like, oh, you should check out this dude's stuff or in the juniors, this guy's a killer. Same thing. If they go on to the NHL, like I can't remember. I'm, who have I done spot? Like Chris Murray, Dodie Woods, Stoinov. Um, maybe for the younger fans that haven't heard of those guys. Because um, like I said, you know, they get into maybe 30, 40, 50 NHL career fights and then they're gone. Right. And, um, so it, they just sort of get slept on. So it's like, and I've had people come back and they're like, yeah, Stoinov was awesome. I'm like, yeah, I know. Or like Chris Murray or Dodie Wood, they go down that rabbit hole and it's not just, oh, I watched the one fight. Oh, he looked okay. You know, like they went down the rabbit hole and like watched the shit right in a row one night. And it was like, holy shit. Yeah. This guy's a killer. And I was like, yeah, I know. That's why I'm doing, that's why I'm doing these player spotlights. I'm not going to do it on, like I said, oh yeah, today's spotlight Joe Koser. Well, yeah, I don't think you really need to. I'd rather do it on, like I said, and it's not a slight to Jay Rose. No one knows who you are. Well, you know, I'm just thinking, you don't see his name. Being around fight groups and all that all the time and just scrolling through, I just, like, it's the same names get brought up all the time and whatever, and you seldom see this guy or this guy or this guy. So it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about him. And, uh, you know, hopefully, again, hopefully that creates a conversation and hopefully it creates you guys to go down the rabbit hole like I did to look up Jay Rosehill fights or Dodie Wood or Stoyanov or whatever. So that's the point of all this. But anyway, get back to the story, uh, story off. getting back to, uh, Rosehill. Um, yeah, the next fight, um, was September 17th, 09, Riley Cote, who's going to probably be a future player spotlight guy as well. I'm a big fan of both these guys. Uh, yeah, swinging, great fight back and forth. Uh, wild. It's kind of those wild punches. And, uh, I, I encourage you to check it out. It was, it was a really good one. Um, uh, the next, he's, like I said, try, he's trying to make the least, right? His next fights against Bissonette. Um, along the glass, uh, kind of this, kind of the back and forth jersey jabs. It wasn't bad. Uh, Bissonette actually ends up pulling the front of Rose Hill's jersey up over his face and, and kind of catches him a couple times. And then the refs get in. It was a, Biz fought a smart fight in that one. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, but it was interesting. Um, uh, the next fight, actually a really good fight with Cody McCormick. Um, probably they both, you know, give or take. Um, I think that, that was a lot of the case in a lot of Rose Hill fights. It's just a good back and forth. Um, that's the one thing with the spotlight or if I'm reviewing a fight. He destroyed him. He kicked the, th- no, I'm just, I, for the most part, you're, I, you'll just hear me say a lot about, oh, it's a good back and forth and whatever. Um, this hand, this fight really showed Rose Hill's ability to switch hands and it's like he'll, well, you can't see. I'm actually mimicking it, but he's kind of he's got him in the middle of his shirt. That's the thing. He always grabbed the middle on the neck, and uh, 
you know, he kind he, he was a real big jersey jab guy. He would do it. Uh, he did do it in some fights, but obviously it was a setup thing. And uh, but he he would come. He'd throw it down the pipe, uh, or else it was weird. He had like different. You'll see what I mean if you go down the rabbit hole. You'll see what I mean. He he can rapid fire. He could machine gun it if he had to, uh, or else he would throw kind of like looping. I don't want to say twist punches, but you know what I mean. You kind of you can picture it in your mind what I'm saying. But he had, but he would like switch his hands on the guy on the neck, and he could quickly go to the left and go back to the right. And on this fight, he did it, and he he shows it, and he it looks like he could. He's got pop in both hands. Um, uh, in in all the fights I watched, I I I don't think he, he didn't really have a KO. Um, I don't think he was a real big punt, knockout punch guy. Again, he might, there, I'm sure he probably has some KOs in the American League that I didn't watch, but, uh, in terms of the NHL fights, um, I'm trying to think. I don't think he dropped anybody. Um, but he, I mean, he, there was some blood. He caught guys. Um, uh, but I don't know if he, I would, if I would call him a huge power punch guy, but, uh, he could definitely throw with both hands. And the fight with McCormick was a real good one. And then the other good one was with Brad May. Brad May is kind of at the end of the road with Detroit. But um, uh, Rosso runs a guy, and May comes in right away, and May's got that style, right? That wide open, and it, it's a, it's one of those just fucking greasy fights, right? Like this wide open swinging, they, they each connect on a couple, and, and May kind of goes down, but I, yeah, it wasn't a KO or anything, but it was just, it's just one of those quick, just rapid fire grease fights, and uh, but old man May got right in there, and I mean, I love Brad May, and uh, it was a good one, and. Um, uh, 2009, 2010, uh, he, he ended up coming up to the NHL. He played 15 games. He had 67 penalty minutes, two points. Uh, he had five tilts. His first regular season fight was with Travis Mullen. Uh, he had a really good showing against Mullen, threw with both hands. Mullen's a big guy. Um, but I, I would say Rose Hill controlled that fight. Uh, really good showing. Um, his next fight was against Mike Rupp. Again, uh, Rose Hill landed a really good one on Rupp. I, him and Rupp must have had a little thing going there because I think they fought three times in their career. Uh, uh, but Rose Hill looked really good in this one, really solid. Um, then he fought Chimera, or Jason Chimera, which was really weird because Chimera's not a fighter. And Chimera got the instigator call. Like, he kind of, I don't know what his deal was, what he was all fired up about. But, uh, yeah, he got the instigator. It wasn't much of a fight. They went down right away. Um, his next fight, you know what, this guy, he played the dub. And it was one of those guys, I, I'm. it's a real blind spot for me, but Matt Walker, um, I know he played in Portland and stuff. Um, he was in St. Louis for a while. Um, I, it's one of those, he was in the time frame that I watched all the time, but for some reason, I, I just draw a blank on Matt Walker. Um, but I want to do a spotlight on him because the fights I've seen of him, he looks really good. And he, and, and Walker looked really good here. This is a real solid tilt. Um, uh, Rose Hill, Rose Hill came through with a real solid right and caught Walker. This was a, that was a good shot that Rose Hill landed. But this is a real, or, uh, Walker, uh, Walker threw a really solid right, pardon me. But it was, that, this was a real good fight. Uh, awesome fight. Matt Walker, Jay Rose Hill. Check it out. It's a good one. I just had to pause, I, I, I had to pause this for a second. Get this one. Old, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mud Show. Alec there, old, uh, He's in Norfolk today at the Admirals games. He just sent me a text. Ah, oh, these Norfolk fans that follow the show are feeding me alcohol. I'm drunk. Yeah, he's just the king of Kensington here. Man of the people. Yeah. Hanging out in Norfolk, getting drunk with the locals. Yeah. Checking out, uh, 
Yeah, Nico Blatchman there. Hopefully, Nico can tilt it up for him today. Uh, they'll be hanging out tonight. Yeah, Alex gonna have it's either gonna be a long night or a short night, depending on how many drinks he has at the at the at the North at the Scope in Norfolk. There we go. But uh, back at it here. Yeah. So Matt Walk another and then the next he ended the season another great fight, great guest. PL three Pierre Luc LeBlanc him and uh, solid fight marathon battle like they always are with PL three. Um, Back and forth, great fight. Um, for those that haven't, I I highly recommend that you go back. Um, I I just uh, when did I interview Pierre Luke? Uh, it was about a month ago. Uh, but just go back. It's not that far back. But I interviewed LeBlanc. Great guest. Told some great stories. Tough dude, man. PL three, tremendous, tremendous. But great fight. Um, following season, 2010, 2011, he had three fights in the preseason. Um, uh, well. This was really interesting. Well, the first fight was with Zach Smith um, from Ottawa. Just shitty camera work. It was like, fan stands up right in front of the camera. It's like, really? Come on, boys. Well, I guess it's preseason for the camera, too, or for the director as well. Um, oh, here. I'm trying to record here, and here we go. You can probably hear my phone. What is it? Yeah, super nice folks. Like we say, I have no clue what the reach is until someone tells you. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I, I will say, I said the same thing when I was at Ice Wars um, and stuff like that. When you meet people and you start talking to them, they're like, oh yeah, you're the fourth line voice guy. I listen to your show and um, you you don't, it, it feels really weird to be completely honest. Uh, it's really cool though when someone comes up to you and says they listen to your show and whatever. Um and and I know what Alec means when he when he says that when they come up to you and they say they listen. Um, it's it's a really it's humbling and it's a really cool and uh, it's a really cool feeling. And um, yeah, so I agree, I agree, sir. And I'll go quit interrupting my shit here. Um, the next the next fight he fights David Hale of Ottawa. Um, and it's funny because Hale's wearing a visor and Rosehill tells him to take his visor off and then Rosehill takes his helmet off too. They drop their helmets. Um, and, and, uh, Rosehill gives it to Hale. Like Hale isn't a fighter, but it was interesting because, and I'm glad he did this. And I will say, um, Pierre Maguire was doing the commentate, was doing, uh, the color. And I know Pierre Maguire takes a lot of shit. People like to shit on Maguire. Um, to, I always laugh. To be completely honest, I've ever again. I don't watch hockey that, but I've I've watched. Pierre McGuire used to do the World Junior stuff all the time, so I've I've listened to my fair share of him. I haven't listened to too much of his NHL stuff because obviously I don't watch anymore. I actually never really had a problem with Pierre McGuire. Um, you know, there are far, I think there are far worse people than him, but the thing that I can appreciate with Pierre McGuire in this instant is he was paying attention. And instead of just, oh, I don't know why that happened. You know how some of them whine or, oh, there's a fight for no reason. And you get these fucking goofs. Pierre Maguire was paying attention and he brought up the story of why that fight with David Hale happened. Because it's like, why is Hale fighting Rose Hill? Or why is Rose Hill fighting David Hale? Oh, the code! You know, these goofs that love the, he's not even a fighter. You know, no, what happened was... And McGuire told the story in that game. Francis Lassard, who was playing for Ottawa, had hit Graberson and uh, or Grabowski, hit Grabowski, and kind of hurt him. And when he was going by the bench, the Leafs were really giving it to Lassard. Well, what does Rosehill do? 
Rose Hill comes out and it's like, and like Pierre Maguire said, it was the old West. If you're going to run one of our skilled guys, okay, I'll run one of your skilled guys. So Rose Hill ran, uh, one of Ottawa's guys and drilled him into the boards and Hale came over like a teammate, good teammate stuck up for him and they fought. But that right there is how you send the message. And that's just what Pierre Maguire was talking about. And I will completely agree with Pierre. 100% because now with these bozos that love to yell about the code and it's A versus B and then C fights D. Well, you know, so like, oh, so, you know, Lassard goes and runs somebody. So then Rosehill comes out and just fights Chris Neal. Well, okay. What does that do? It's like, okay, you're going to run our guy. Well, I'm going to run your guy. So then that'll straighten everything out. If you're going to keep, and it's like, if you want to keep playing fuck around, I'll keep running your guys. That is how you get back at a team. And that is how it is done. And I was so happy that Pierre Maguire explained that. Cause like I said, most of these bozo announcers don't do it. Most of these idiots in these fight groups after that fight was posted. I don't know why he had to fight them because they don't get it. Maguire, get Maguire. You can hate Pierre Maguire all you want. He's a hockey guy. For those that don't know, Pierre Pierre Maguire did have a played a hockey scholarship. He played college hockey and played pro over in Europe. And he was actually at a New Jersey Devils. He was invited to New Jersey Devils camp. So Pierre Maguire was a player. You know, as much as you know, you guys love to yell. He's a fucking idiot and everything. He isn't. Got two Stanley Cup rings too. I'll just throw that out too. So. You can hate his announcing, but don't say he doesn't know, because he does know. But I was very happy that he laid this out of what happened, why this fight happened, and that is how you do it. And that is how you do it. Or that's how you did do it now, and whatever. Um, but then, to end the preseason, who was his last fight? Against Lassard, uh, the, the next week. He fought Lassard, um... Lassard was obviously pissed that he beat up David Hale and busted him up because Lassard and I and I like Frankie. I like Lassard. I'm a fan. But for longtime listeners who have listened to my other interviews, have listened to interviews I've done with ex players, Lassard's got to eat with bo- with the boys. Uh, they all say he's tough, but he was cheap and he wasn't afraid to jump you. Um, at the same, Lassard was a dick, and at the same time, as an enforcer, that was, well, that that was the point at one time. But Lassard didn't give a shit. Uh, but he would jump guys and he did sort of jump Rose Hill in this one. And, uh, it wasn't the last time they met, but it was an interesting preseason with Ottawa and Toronto, but it all got started. Well, it all, Lassard started the whole thing by, but he was doing his job. He was running around playing physical, trying to make the team. And I will give Lassard credit. He wasn't just, Oh, I'm, I just have to hit fourth liners. Cause that's the code. No, he was running everybody. And, uh, Rose Hill reacted in kind, and and there we have it. Um, but then the regular season starts. He played 26 games. He had three points, uh, 71 minutes. He had seven tilts. Um, his first one, his first fight was with Sean Thornton. Uh, again, Rose Hill running around. He actually puts a real solid body check on on Gregory Campbell. Thornton comes in. Oh, they always fight after clean hands. Um, you know, it's been happening since 2010. This isn't new. Um, but um, everyone likes to talk like it's new. Funny how that works. Uh, you know, Thornton was kind of all over him. It really wasn't much of a fight, but uh, Thornton did his job. Uh, well, they both did their job. Um, 
The next one, it's perfect illustration. Again, Thor, uh, Rose Hill's running around. It's against Pittsburgh. And he actually takes a run at Crosby. And uh, then there's a big scrum behind the net. And who comes in doing his job? Eric Goddard. And Eric Goddard's got his gloves off before he even gets to the pile. And uh, he grabs uh, Rose Hill. And they have a bit of a fight and go down. But Goddard's pissed. And Goddard sends a message when they're... Because he doesn't usually do this. But when they're down, when when Rose Hill's down on his knees, fucking Goddard drills him twice. And the one of them, the, first, the shot that he lands when he's on the ice is cuts him open. Goddard was pissed. You could see the look on his face. Um, and he's sending a message. And, you know, the code! He broke the code! You know, so sometimes you gotta send an extra one. And Goddard did. And, uh, I'm sure Rose Hill knew why. And, uh, yeah. So Goddard, uh, was, was fired up. Um, his next fight was against, uh, Gleason of Carolina. All lefts. Um, Gleason didn't really land much. Um, next fight, uh, actually next fight was pretty solid. It was a David Clarkson. Another guy, I really like Clarkson. It's unfortunately, he got the big, con- well, good for him that he got the big contract. He had that big year in New Jersey, kind of real power forward, but fight at 26 goals, whatever. Signs the big contract with, with Toronto. I think, was he getting three, four, five million a year? Goes to Toronto, immediately gets a 10 game suspension for leaving the bench, and then he gets hurt. And then when he comes back, he just never found it in Toronto, and it's too bad. And I mean, people remember that. And oh, he's a loser, and nah. Clarkson, when he was healthy and stuff, uh, I was, I, I like Clarkson. He was a, you know, a, a power forward guy. Uh, but he had a real solid fight here with, with Rose Hill. Rose Hill again shows his ability to switch with both hands. Um, but it was a good one. Um, following that, and then here's the big rematch with Lassard. This time they square off and have at it, and this is a beauty tilt. Both bombing fucking lefts and rights and, uh, it was square up, they squared, and no jumping nobody, and uh, they hammered the shit out of each other. Definitely check it out. Lassard, Rose Hill, tremendous tilt. Um, and then again, uh, he fights Rupp. All Rose Hill in this one. Rose Hill busts up uh, Rupp above his eye. He's really got Michael Rupp's uh, number. Um, but yeah, um, well, and then the next fight, I think Rose Hill, because I know Jay Rose Hill has a podcast, Um I forget it's a leaf. It's, I think it's a Leafs one. Uh, for for I've seen the preview for it and stuff. Forgive me, I don't listen to other hockey podcasts, so I, I've never listened to it. But uh, he he's on there with another guy and whatever. I'm sure it's a current hockey thing. Uh, but I I saw him kind of briefly mention about Jack Edwards and he kind of Homer rolled his eyes. Yeah, they fight. There's kind of a scrum going on and and Rose Hill fights Lucic. And of course, Edwards is just a fucking clown. He's like, oh, our 30 goal scorer fighting a lifetime hatchet man. The fuck does that mean? Like, a lifetime hatchet man? What? When was Rose Hill ever suspended? Like, just this stupid shit. And it's just like, and they're fighting and it's an okay fight. It's pretty good. And for some reason, they get kind of spinning and then they kind of let go and they square off again and Lucic's got the boxing stance going and they kind of throw a couple more and then it's over. But that's a decent little fight, but it's just, I can guarantee, uh, Jay Rose Hill won't score 30 goals in his career. And like, Edwards is just sewering him. And it's like, you're such a loser. Like, uh, you're so, like, I didn't get the lifetime hatchet man thing. It's like, what are you talking about? And it's true. It's like, and if, but if Rose Hill played on the Bruins, Edwards would like be like verbally jerking him off every game. It's just like, just embarrassing. Like, and I know Rosso brought it up. He was just kind of rolling his eyes. He's like, what? You know, like, yeah, you're a goof. Um, anyway, 
We move on to 2011-2012 where he played 31 games. He got to six tilts. Uh, the preseason, he fought Jody Shelley. Um, Shelley hit a leaf from behind. Right away, Rose Hill gets in. Uh, it's a back and forth. They asked you to go for quite a while. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of the, it's kind of a lot of swinging and missing. It's kind of one of the, kind of a newer school fight, you know, but they do land a couple shots on each other. Um, his next fight is with Brian McGratton. McGratton's in Nashville. It's a really good fight. Um, they're throwing, but it's, it's, um, it's one of those, I, McGratton's got the position on him and McGratton's probably got an inch or two on Rose Hill, but Rose Hill's underneath, but McGratton's thrown over top of him and it's like, and I think Rose Hill was sort of kind of hitting him around the neck or kind of missing and, and McGratton's kind of coming straight down the, McGratton's got the advantage on him and he's got kind of the, he's got position on him and, uh, yeah, I, I would definitely give McGratton the, it's a good fight. I'd give McGratton the win, uh, but great fight. Um, his next fight's with Prust, um, again, Prust is, fights a smart fight, but it's all Rose Hill. Rose Hill's really busy in this fight. Prust gets his arm out of his sleeve, but just with the height advantage, Rose Hill kind of controls it, but Prust manages, I think, to avoid most of the big punches, but, um, I would definitely give the nod to Rose Hill in this one. Um, his next fight's with Kyle Clifford. Um, again, he really switches back and forth in this fight. Again, you can just see the smoothness in which he throws, throws both hands. Um, I'd really like to ask Rose Hill just about that technique and how he developed it. And it's like, cause he, he looks real, cause there's a lot of guys that can switch hands and stuff. But like I said, if you go down and watch these fights that I'm talking about, you'll see what I mean. He actually switches pretty effortlessly. It's pretty impressive. Um, Again, another fight with Sean Thornton. Um, it's busy. It's a, I always just call them busy fights. Both land in a few. I mean, you know, both catch each other a couple. A lot of helmet punches. Um, you know, but both guys stay active. Good fight. Uh, Chris Barch. There's another guy. I really have to, I know the name. I know he did a lot of fighting briefly. You know, he's, again, he's one of the, the 2010 to 20 guys that I didn't watch hockey. Again, I know who he is. Um, Am I a Barch expert? No, by any means. Again, no, I believe he's an OHL guy as well. I, again, I've seen some of his fights, but I'm not completely familiar. Um, I should definitely, I'm going to do a player spotlight on him just for the fact that I can go down the rabbit hole and watch him. But, um, I, I really like this, um, I really like this fight with Rose Hill and Barch, um, Barch lands some solid shit on him. Um, uh, and Rose Hill lands some shots too. And neither of them budge. They both take it. It's a good one. And that kind of was like, I was like, Jesus, okay. Like Barch is all right. I'm, I'm into it. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to go down the rabbit hole on him that, cause that was, uh, cause they fight again and he, and again, it's the same thing. Uh, Barch instigate it and, uh, take some hard shots, but he's right in there. But, uh, uh, the next fights with, uh, of the, fight of the year was with uh, Braden McNabb of Buffalo. Um, uh, again, McNabb throws a big hit. Rose Hill comes in. Oh, there's always a fight after clean hit. And, uh, and Rose Hill dominates it. Uh, and this is his last fight with the Leafs. He actually gets traded to Anaheim in the offseason. Uh, doesn't make Anaheim. He plays in the American League that year. And then the following year, uh, uh, he's traded to Philadelphia. And... Uh, is this, hold on, is this Alec again texting me? What is he just? Yeah. Random couple sits next to us. They were the billet family for Matt Summerfield. Uh, is he in my pocket? Is Alec listening to this? Well, there we go. Uh, 
not why would they be why would they be in Norfolk? Billet family for Summerfield. Summerfield never played in the minors. Huh, that's interesting. Unless they're from Tri Cities. It must be. Uh well how how ironic we we're just talking about Matt Summerfield, and there you go. The billets for Matt Summerfeld. Um here, hold on. I gotta hit pause for a sec. No, yeah, there we go. I, I said, yeah, if, if they're still in touch with Summerfeld, get get his number. I want to get him on the show. Um, so in, in uh, 2012, 2013, he's in Philadelphia. Um, uh, he only plays the 11 games, 64 minutes. He had four tilts. Um, his first fight's with Colt Knorr. Um, it, it, it's a quick, lousy camera work. It's a quick, they fall down right away. Um, his next fight's with uh, Chris Thorburn. Um, again, not too much. They just kind of tie up and wrestle. Um, his next fight's with Aaron Asham. There's just with the size difference, Rose Hill kind of controls it a little bit. Um, actually when Asham, like Asham goes down and when he's getting back up, the refs are getting in as Asham's sort of standing up and Asham kind of hits him. He's wearing his helmet and he kind of headbutts him. I don't think, he, I don't think he did it on purpose cause they're, you know, nah, you didn't do it on purpose. I don't think, but, uh, yeah. Um, but it wasn't much of a fight. Uh, the next fight was with Thornton. Um, this one's interesting because they're squaring off and Rose Hill goes for this massive left-hand haymaker as they're kind of like, I noticed when he'd like go for the reach on the guy, he'd sort of like throw a quick one while he was coming in and he tried to do that with Thornton, but he missed and he like falls right on the ice and he's on his knees and he kind of, he's on one knee and he kind of covers his head because he thinks Thornton's going to drill him and Thornton doesn't hit him. In fact, Thornton lets him back up. Rose Hill turns around and they quickly gra- they get into a grapple and um, uh, yeah, it, it's just a real solid back and forth fight. But I was gonna say for you code lovers, that's a fight for you. But at the same time, um, yeah, I mean Thornton had the opportunity to drill him when he was on the knee and he didn't. So, but it was um... oh well, hey, they're these the the billets are from Swift Current. Imagine that if folks are from Swift Current and they're in Norfolk. Alec is throwing me off here with all his text messaging. Um, yeah, the the fall, yeah, the the Thornton fight, yeah, it was back and forth. Um, the final fight, or there, Alec, you've screwed me up. Uh, 2013-2014 is his final year in the NHL, and it's his full year. He, he plays, well, he plays 34 games, but he doesn't go to the minors at all. It's the first year, first and only year that he, like, stays in the NHL the whole time. Uh, he had 10 fights, um... His first fight was with Bolton. Uh, really good tilt. You know, two, Bolton was such a vet with the Islanders at the time, veteran enforcer. Bolton's so smart when you watch him fight. And, um, yeah, just, uh, you know, Rose Hill's obviously punching downhill. You know, he's got four inches on him, but, you know, Bolton protects himself. It's just a real solid back and forth. Um, and the next fight with Luke Gazdick, again, really solid fight. I'm a huge Gazdick fan too. Um, I really wish he had gotten more NHL time, but yeah, Gazdick and Rose Hill. Again, they go back and forth real solid. Then as the next fight was with Barch. Barch instigates it actually. Um, yeah, hard, a couple hard rights. Um, you know, with with Rose from Rose Hill, um, just solid. Um, Rose Hill again. It's it's one of those fights. He's one of those guys. He uh, he. It's like he looks good in most of his fights. Um, like he's not really getting. 
he's not getting overwhelmed and just like destroyed or anything. Like, does he win them all? No, probably not. But I mean, he's not getting overwhelmed or destroyed. He's just, he's right now in all of them. Um, he fights Mike Rupp again for the, was it the third time? And it's actually before the puck even drops. They're kind of lining up and then Rupp's just riled up. He's with Winnipeg or with uh, Minnesota at the time. And, um, they actually land a couple hard rights on each other. This is, this is Rupp's kind of best showing against Rose Hill in the three fights. But, uh, again, they, you know, they might have had a little something going there. Um, uh, the next fights with, uh, young Matt Cassian. Um, well, right when the fight starts, they go to a commercial and it, you know, it's like, oh yeah. And then they come back and it's in mid fight and they're up against the glass and they're kind of wrestling. Um, really wasn't much. Uh, yeah, you know, not bad back and forth, but really wasn't much of a fight. Um, the next fight's against Biz again, Bissonette. Um, yeah, bo- both are swinging. Uh, they separate, they come back. Um, again, real decent shots. Uh, I know Biz is really going with kind of the Jersey jab thing. Um, but yeah, it's just, a, it's a solid showing. Really fired up the Phoenix bench. It was right in front of the Phoenix bench. You can see the boys are all fired up with it. And, uh, yeah, it's just, just a solid back and forth. Um, another fight with Bolton again, pretty much a mirror image of their first one. Um, back and forth again, Bolton, man, what a career. Um, yeah, I was, I was a big Eric Bolton fan. Uh, uh, he fights Matt Karkner. Um, this one's all Karkner. Actually, Karkner, it's kind of along the boards and there's a scrum and Karkner comes in and drops his shit. Gets the jump on Rose Hill. I mean, he's looking at him, but, you know, he got the jump on him, lands a couple quick ones, and then Rose Hill's just like, can't get set up. And like, yeah, fuck this. And he just goes down. Um, but such as it is. Um, his second last fight is against Fraser McLaren. This is a really good fight. Fraser McLaren was a bad dude, man. There's another guy I'm going to do a player spotlight on. I remember, uh, my boy Chris out there in, in Vancouver. Um, you know, he has, he always had his finger on the Western Hockey League and he was a big Giants guy. Um, season ticket holder, but film, a lot of the Western League footage came from Chris. Um, but I, but I know at the time he was like, you gotta see this kid in Portland, this McLaren. Oof, pretty good. And, uh, I remember watching him get in the Portland stuff and he did look good. He dropped Lucic and, and it was like, he just looked really good. And I was like, oh, God damn, I'm, I'm liking this guy. And then it was, I loved the Orr McLaren year in Toronto. Like that was awesome. What a tag team. Um, but McLaren had gotten to some great fights and, uh, and this is one of them. A uh, real good tilt with Rose Hill. They go back and forth, real solid tilt. And, uh, and then Jay Rose Hill's final NHL fight. It's a good one again with Sean Thornton. Um, and actually, I would, uh, they kind of switch up and Rose Hill gets him with the lefts. And I would say he kind of, he kind of got Thornton in this one. And, uh, it, you know, it's a, if you're going to go out, you, he went out with a W, I would say. And, uh, yeah, that was his final tilt. So, I mean, in the NHL, he played a, a total of 117 games. He had, uh, five goals, three assists, 352 minutes of penalties, 41 fights, 32 in the regular season and nine in the preseason. So Rose Hill always knew what his job was. He could run around. Oh, fun fact, when the Flyers had their skills competition, you know, till right before the All-Star game, that you know, they invite the fans and they do the hard they basically have the All-Star skills competition, but just amongst the team. Uh Jay Rosehill was actually the Philadelphia Flyers fastest skater. So he can't skate. Yeah, okay. Um, so and again, that's a six three, two hundred and twenty pound dude. So uh no, he could skate and he could definitely hit. And in a lot of these fights you can see they start with him 
hitting hard, like on the four check and hitting guys and creating. And, uh, yeah, again, I just, I really enjoyed this. I, yeah, again, I'm, I'm really glad I went down that rabbit hole and, and really educated myself on Jay Rosehill. I'm, I'm a fan. And like I said, I was a fan before I, I, I was, well, I was not, as they would say, I was not for or again him, but, uh, I mean, I, so, hey, do you like Jay Rosehill? Oh yeah. You know, but I was, from what I saw, yeah, but I wasn't, again, I didn't really do a focused effort on Jay Rosehill until today. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad I did. It was fun. And I recommend you guys, please go down that rabbit hole. I think you'll really dig it. And, uh, it was fun. That's still so wild that we were, I was just talking about Summerfeld like 10 minutes ago. And then Alec, cause it wasn't like I told Alec, I'm going to talk about Matt Summerfeld today. Yeah. And then he sends me and yeah, he's sitting beside Matt Summerfeld billets from Swift Current. He's sitting beside him in Norfolk. What? Like, oh yeah. What are people in Saskatchewan doing it uh, down in Norfolk? But hey, there you go. Small world. Yeah, like I said, get him my number. I got to get Summerfeld in the show. Um, I think he farms around here in Saskatchewan somewhere. Um, anyway, guys, ah, there you go. We've got an hour. I gave you an hour for your commute. Oh, it's Monday. It's a holiday. Uh, you know, well, this for me anyway. <laughs> Um, no, I, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Like I said, I am going on vacation. I'm leaving for the city of champions, Edmonton, Alberta on Edmonton on, on Monday. And, uh, but I will have something teed up for you. And, uh, Sunday I will have the episode of myself, Searson and Alec, uh, reviewing the minor league mayhem tournament. I hope you guys check that out. And, uh, yeah, I hope everybody had a happy Easter and got with the family and, uh, and uh, enjoyed everyone's company. And I enjoyed your company. Thank you for tuning in. And like I always say, whenever, uh, whatever platform you're listening to, all I'm going to ask you if you could help me out. One, if you go to YouTube, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube, check it out. I have over 2,500 fights uh, videos from all the different leagues. Subscribe to my channel. Like whatever video you're looking at. YouTube loves that shit. It helps me in the algorithms. As well as whatever platform you're listening to this show on. Could you review my show? Rate and review it. Or at the very least, just rate it. Because again, that helps me in the uh, in the algorithms with Spotify or iTunes. Because if someone listens to Leafs Lunch, they're like, "Oh, you might also like," and then my show. That's how you get in those uh, also like categories is by people reviewing your show and stuff and getting that algorithm going. So uh, I don't ask for much from you folks. Oh, and download, don't stream. <laughs> there, that's it. That's all. That's all my requests for you guys today. But uh, again, and and I'm always and I'm always serious when I say this. I always appreciate. I know there's a million. There really is hundreds of hockey podcasts to listen to. The fact that you chose to listen to mine, I greatly appreciate it, and I'm humbled by that. And uh, thank you. And um, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you come back. We're here every Sunday and Wednesday. And uh, thanks, guys, for tuning in. Have a happy Easter, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you, cats. Uh, well, you'll hear my voice again on Wednesday, but I'll talk to you, cats, next Sunday. And uh, hope, uh, hopefully I have some good programs from the Strathcona uh, Antique Mall to, to tell you about. But uh, I'll keep you posted. Thanks, everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?